uh, this evening. We couldn't be with you all the way through because we do have works we're doing in, what I say, South, I said that before, South Florida, on the other coast of the South, and also Kissimmee, but we were blessed to be with you. Today you're going to see just a presentation of my ministry. Brother Walter narrates it. He has that microphone voice, you know, and you all know what I'm talking about. And you're going to see the works that we took part of in, in, in Romania as God allowed us. Amen. God blessed us that we were able to partake and to see the, also the ministries in Kalacha. Um, I, um, we, uh, my wife passed away seven years ago from breast cancer. And uh, she was 55 years old. And she always wanted to, uh, what you're going to see in those slides also, but we have one uh, totally separate. But uh, she always wanted to uh, do something in Romania. The little kids used to come to her, gypsy kids. Uh, they're hated, as you know all from Brother Walter. They're much hated, third-class citizens and so forth, you know. And, uh, and they always would come to her not knowing she was a, a, a Roma. And uh, they would tug on her skirt, you know, and want money. But she said, Lawrence, is there something we could do in a greater way for these kids? I said, oh, I said, good night, Sally. We're missionaries. How do you feed a village of, of 1,700 people uh, with the money that we have? We barely make it as it is. And I said, one day, uh, as God provides, we'll do it. Well, that one day came when she passed away. And, of course, Brother Walter was at the time of her going away. And I told him what I wanted to do. And he abruptly shouted, and I know what you should call it, Sally's Kitchen. Do you remember that time? I said, yes, we'll call it Sally's Kitchen. My Sally said, the last thing that goes is the hearing. Everything else, the sight, the speech, uh, will go, but the hearing is the last. And I never forgot. She kind of prepared me for the way, you know. So I knew that she was going to hear it. And she was glowing beautifully. I, not because it was my Sally. She looked absolutely beautiful. And I whispered in her ear, and I said, Sally, we're going to build a feeding center in your memory, and we're going to call it Sally's Kitchen. And she smiled ear to ear when I said that. So I know she heard it. And I know all those saints that partook in Sally's Kitchen that already went on to heaven already have told her about the kitchen. Amen? At first hand, they told her. So you're going to see. You'll, it's in there. You'll see that. It's a, uh, and you'll see testimonies, how God has brought us where we're at. And the ministries, the churches that support us take part in these ministries. So we hope it's a blessing. And at the end of the service, I'll be at my uh, booth, and you could ask me any question you want about the Roma people. Gabriel? Hello, my name is Walter Stevens, founder of Gypsy Outreach Ministries International and missionary to my own people, the Gypsies. In 1990, led by the Blessed Holy Spirit, driven with a passion for Christ and the Roma souls he died for, we pioneered the first outreach to the Gypsy people in Ohio at the Cleveland Baptist Church under the leadership of Dr. Roy Thompson. 
This was the first attempt to reach Roma by Baptist of any type anywhere in the world. God has blessed this ministry in many ways. Souls have been saved, gypsies have come out of fortune telling, and the more deceptive practices of business, and now have a passion to reach others with the gospel. One of the greatest evidences of God's hand of blessing being upon this work is the precious missionary couple that God gave us to shepherd this ministry, Lawrence and Sally Evans. Sister Evans went home to be with her Savior in 2016. But Brother Lawrence faithfully continues his God-called ministry to the Roma people without his precious Sally by his side. Brother Evans has been faithful to the Roma work in Cleveland since 1997 under the leadership of the current pastor, Pete Folger. Lawrence is also a full-blooded gypsy with a burning desire to fulfill his call to his own people. Lawrence's salvation testimony is one of great deliverance by the grace of God from the bondage of Roma carnality. Lawrence is our second generation gypsy preacher. He is one of only four full-blooded gypsy Baptist preachers in America. He is also a graduate of the Heritage Bible Institute and served with gypsy outreach for several years before taking the leadership position. He has made several trips into Eastern Europe in helping missionaries works among the gypsy people there. Lawrence's desire is to reach his people with the gospel by establishing new works to Roma wherever God opens the door and by helping others to do the same. He is a gifted preacher and lover of the word of God. Many Roma have been saved, baptized, and discipled under his teaching and preaching. He is currently reaching the Roma of Southwest Florida. Roma, as they are known in English-speaking countries as the Gypsies, are one of the most mysterious, secretive, and misunderstood ethnic groups who have been scattered all over the world and in almost every country. According to National Geographic, the worldwide Gypsy population has been estimated at 40 million. The highest concentration of Roma would be found in the former communist countries of Eastern Europe. The United States government estimates their number at 1 million. Known by a variety of derogatory names in different countries of the world, such as the Tsigan, Zigoine, Giftos, and Hitanos, all meaning about the same thing, untouchable. These people have been history's most hated and persecuted ethnic group. Alongside Europe's Jews, 600,000 gypsies were slaughtered and eliminated by Nazi Germany. But the gypsies have survived, as survival is a part of their cultural makeup. But this survival has come at a very high price, the price of sin. As a direct result of ethnic hatred and persecution, they have resorted to stealing, fortune-telling, and begging for their survival. So much of what we hear about this secret race is negative. How can we reach a people with the gospel that we are not sure genuinely exist? Why would we? For the gypsy myth has been handed down from one generation to another, fueled by Hollywood's gypsy fortune-teller of Wolfman movies, or as characters of fairy tales and nursery rhymes. A people kept secret and elusive by the enemy of their souls, Satan, who has held the Roma soul hostage for centuries. 
Now the Roma are a different kind of untouchable, untouched by the good news of Jesus Christ. But by the love and grace of God, this tragedy is changing for lost gypsy souls all over the world. Missionary Lawrence Evans is being used of God in a unique way to reach the Roma people for Christ. I have personally seen the fruit of his ministry, and our church has been blessed to pray for and financially support the church planning work that he's doing. I would wholeheartedly recommend you do the same. May God bless you. My name is Kevin Folger. I'm pastor emeritus of the Cleveland Baptist Church here in Cleveland, Ohio. And for a number of years I was Lawrence Evans' uh, pastor and sending pastor when he went to Florida to do the work with the Roma people. I want to take just a moment to say we would encourage you to give consideration to supporting Brother Lawrence and the work that he's doing with the Roma people. Uh, God's hand is upon his life. He's been faithful to serve the Lord in good times and bad times. And again, we think he's worthy of consideration and the support that perhaps you could give to him. Certainly would encourage that. I'm Pastor Pete. I am Lawrence's current pastor here at Cleveland Baptist Church. And of course, we're privileged to be Lawrence's sending church and stand behind him with prayer support as well as financial support as he does the work that God's called him to do there in Southeast Florida. With even just recently a new ministry that they've launched in Central Florida in the Kissimmee area. And again, we're here to recommend him very highly to your missionary program. If God lays it on your heart to support him, I know that would mean a great deal to Brother Lawrence and to the Loma people there that he's working among. And so again, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to watch this video. And we trust again that it will lead to a partnership between your church and the ministry of Brother Lawrence Evans. Lights, please. So that's just a taste, a little bit, what's going on um, amongst our Mare Roma people. O Ioano 33 Penel, then Abbiangio Manush Magdatar, Nastidi Kale Amporazia Le Devleski. But we're going to have an interpreter, and that's your pastor. Amen. You didn't know, you didn't know, Roman. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. And that's what we preach in our language is John 3, 3, and of course, the Word of God. Where can I start? Where do I go to? My name is Lawrence Evans. I'm a missionary to the Roma people. As I said earlier, my wife, the Lord, took home, and uh, I don't know why he took her home. And uh, maybe I'll ask him one day when I see him, but maybe not, because I'll see the awesomeness of God in heaven. Amen. But I know one thing, I, when, I, when I get home, that's our real home preacher, right? When I get home, I want to see my Jesus. The next person I want to see is my Sally. My, we've been married 37 years, four months, 10 days, and a few hours. But, uh, but I know heaven's going to seem much sweeter being back there, amen? So... Let me give you a brief testimony. How long we got, Pastor? Uh, 25 minutes? 
ish. Okay. I'm going to talk fast so you all listen fast, okay? Uh, I'm out of a missionary work, my wife and I, my late wife. Uh, we, we, uh, we were Orthodox. My wife was Catholic. I was Orthodox. And uh, as the Bible says, we had a form of what? Godliness, but denying the power thereof. You know, we had our icons, econs, candles, whatever you want to call them. We thought that was knowing God. But one day, someone came our way. I had a fortune-telling place. My wife and I told fortunes. She was a fortune teller. I was the one that would uh, patch up the town uh, for, uh, uh, amongst the, amongst the uh, uh, municipal courts so we could do what we're doing and do our advertisement. And we had a place in, um, outside of Cleveland. It was Berea, Ohio. And there was a college there called Baldwin Wallace College. And uh, so I would pass out tracks for Sally. Mrs. Farah knows all, sees all, and tells all. And uh, one day I went to the parking lot to Giant Eagle, which was the neighborhood grocery market. And I would go there and I would pad that one day passing out cards. And there was an African-American young college girl that came my way. I could tell she was a college student from Baldwin Wallace. And I did ask her if she's from the college. She said yes. She says, um, I'd like to have one of your cards if you'll take mine. I said, wow, no one's ever said, let me take one of your car, uh, take my card and I'll take yours. And I said, sure, because I really wanted to get Mrs. Farah knows all, sees all, and tells all. And I gave her my track, uh, my card, and uh, Sally's card. And then she handed me this thing. I'd never seen it in my life because I'm lost, and I'd, no one ever passed out tracks to gypsies. As far as I know, we never got one. I don't know about other gypsies. And she passed out a chick track. How many knows what you all see what chick tracks are? I think I got some in my uh, suitcase there. So as she walked away, I looked at this track, and I looked at it, and I looked at it as she walked away. Now, preacher, she was looking at my card. She walked away. Never I never seen her first and last time. I know I'll see her in heaven one day. She was reading my card. I, I don't think she was reading it to get some advice from Mrs. Farah because she was a born-again believer. She was praying for me, I believe. I could be wrong, but I think she was praying for me. Well, I looked at that track, talked about Jesus, chick track, and I said, oh, that's fooey. And I, when she got out of sight, I threw it in the garbage in the nearest trash can. But guess what? The seed was planted. The seed was planted. And uh, so my wife and I had that place, the fortune-telling place. And then uh, someone told me, someone came along and said, you need, uh, uh, need to go to the Pentecostal church. That's where you'll find Jesus. So I went one day to a Pentecostal church. Now, how could I tell you 30 years in five minutes? It's hard but I'll try to fit it in without being confusing and confusing you, would it? And we went, I went to that church and I heard the gospel being preached. John, I'll never forget the verse I got saved on. There's some things you just can't forget. There's some things you just don't want to forget. There's some things you shouldn't forget, amen? And I couldn't forget that. I don't want to forget it. John 14, 27. My peace God give unto you. Not as the world give it, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And I said, whoa, 
I need peace. As a gypsy couple, we were well off. We were doing good. I did roofing, um, illegal roofing, and she did, which was illegal, fortune telling. Well, not illegal by the state, but, and, uh, but there was just no peace. You know, some things just can't give you peace. Money can't give you peace. It's only Jesus. So I ran down that altar, 1,500 people in the church. Now, I'm coming to a real quick stop on this. And I ran down that altar, and I called upon Jesus. I dropped to my knees. I looked behind me. I felt like bricks just fell off my shoulders. So the deacon that was leading me to Christ, his name is Pete, said, why did you look behind you? Because he's on his knees also beside me. I said, I, I, it feels like bricks dropped off my shoulder. And he started to chuckle. I said, sure. And he led me to Jesus Christ and accepted my personal Savior. Life has never been the same. When Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I couldn't wait for Wednesday night, my wife and I. But then he started to do that, you tie my bow tie, I tie yours, I shut up, whatever. Seven words a minute. I said, something's wrong with that. I don't know what it is. Something's wrong. And then they start to have women pastors. This is before Brother Stevens came in town. We're talking about missions, the accomplishment of missions. I'm here to tell you I'm one of the proofs of it, mission work. And uh, so we asked the deacons, and they told us, there's some things, Lawrence, you just don't ask. Well, that wasn't good enough for us. So my wife and I, one hot August, November afternoon, or August afternoon, we prayed and said, we said, now here's what we did. We left the fortune telling go. I got a crystal ball to show you who I go to, okay? Um, these things are of the devil. You open up Pandora's box when you involve yourself with a fortune telling or the future. There's only one future. It's in the Bible. Amen? We let the fortune telling go but we went to the charismatic church. Something was wrong. We couldn't put our finger on it, but we knew something was wrong. So we started to pray. You know, the Bible says in Mark, knock, seek, and the door shall, open. door shall be open unto you. We opened that. I wept on those pages. Sally wept on the bed. We are on our knees, and we said, God, send us somebody. We know we're saved, but would you send us someone? We're not sure if you could lose your salvation. We're not sure if tongues uh, uh, do exist. Send us someone to teach us. And lo and behold, Brother Walter and Miss Dolly, his late wife, uh, came in our neck of the woods. About a, a mile away, I think it was. But by that time, I was a Nazarene choir director at that time. <laughs> Mixed up, Smorgasbord Board of Religions, and the choir director of Nazarene Church. And, uh, but I forgot our prayer, my wife and I, or at least I did. He kept on calling because he heard. Uh, he's a distant relative of mine. We have the same great grandparents. They're over there. Well, their picture's over there. If they were over there, we would leave. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when the, he kept on badgering and badgering with phone calls, to the point I said, it's kind of uncomfortable and embarrassing if we don't go. 
So it was in November, and I was getting phone calls from my family members. Gypsies and charismatics work hand in hand. And they lean, a lot of them lean that way because it just fits the bill for them. And they said, this man doesn't believe that you're saved. He doesn't believe that you're part of the body of Christ. Well, when we went there and we opened up the door, I'm sorry, we knocked and he opened up the door. His first words were, what was it, Brother Stevens? Hello, Brother Lord. Sally and I just looked at each other. Well, I said, if they're wrong about this, they're wrong about something else. So we stood with Brother Walter for a while, for a long time, and uh, there's so much in between. Then finally he told me and Sally, he said, guys, I'm not your Holy Spirit. You need to study the Bible. First time ever we were challenged to study the Word of God. He gave us a smorgasbord of scriptures on both sides. Typed out, by the way. Typed on eternal security and on tongues. And he said, now I'm going to teach you how to read the Bible. You need to do an Isaiah thing. Line upon line, precept by precept, a little bit here and a little bit there. And you need to fast and pray. Well, Sally and I fasted and prayed for several days, and we did Isaiah thing. Then this Bible, which was once a 3D picture, came to life for us. And Sally and I said, oh, my. The fundamental Baptists hold the doctrine, full doctrine of Jesus Christ. And then we surrendered to the Baptist teaching. And guess what? I got baptized the Baptist, too. I was baptized Greek Orthodox. I was baptized as a Pentecostal. They say the third time's a charmer. <laughs> but I believe what the Bible says, one faith, one God, one baptism, amen? I wanted, to, I wanted to line up with a church that I believe in their doctrine, amen? And that's what, and then, and then eventually I heard the, I didn't hear a call, I, 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 the tugging upon my heart many years later, uh, 1997, 96, we stopped going to the Nazarenes, which uh, they stopped being our friends afterwards. Uh, and uh, so and then I knew God was calling me. And then I ran away from the Lord. I ran away. But this is a missionary's work. This is what missionaries do. This is all the background of missionaries. And I ran away from the Lord. I said, God, you can't use a guy with sixth grade education. And I ran away from the Lord one night. Then Brother Walter, as a good shepherd, came after me. He comforted me. He stayed with me overnight. Did not rebuke me, but he encouraged me and put some love on me. Amen? And then he said, what did you do? And, of course, I told him what I did. And I said, if I, if I did this, I knew God wouldn't take me no more to serve him. But... Uh, you know, later on, I read that God used a mule for his glory. So he was going to use me too, amen? And then I told him why. And then he said, okay, then we're, we're, we're going to do whatever he had to do to get me on the right road, amen? And then I became a missionary, and I never looked back since then, amen? Never looked back. So let's get to the message. I got 15 minutes. I want to encourage you tonight, and the pastor and the church family, I think you heard it all. Missions, go give and support. Amen? 
There's no magic ball for missions. We do it by faith, amen? Matter of fact, I was at uh, Terry Nance, Terry Nance in Tampa, me and my wife and I when she was here. And uh, they had a guest speaker. And this is what missions accomplish. This is what missions does when you have a heart for missions. Now, I believe as a missionary, we should support other missionaries, and which we do, which we do. And my wife, people just loved her. Pastor's wife's loved her. He's there to bear witness. I think they'd rather talk to her than me. And she was on one side. She spoke with the ladies. They got her off the cuff to speak to the ladies in the building before we started our main services. The pastors got me on one side at Carrie Nance's church. They put me and Sally up there, and I felt bad for the other missionaries. They, 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 they got me and Sally at the pulpit to introduce us. There was maybe 100 pastors there. But the man preached a message, an evangelist preached a message on missions. Sally was on one side. I was on the other side. Now, when we first moved to Florida, we did not have no cable TV. No cable. We couldn't afford it. Her medication was hundreds of dollars a month. We couldn't afford it. I said, Sally, when we go back home, we'll put on cable. We'll try to put it on. Well, I went to the altar. She came to the altar. And she said, Lawrence, what are you coming for to the altar? Sally, it's about the cable TV. Yes, exactly. I'm coming to the altar, too. Let's not put the cable TV on. Let's take a missionary on for support. And we didn't put the cable TV on. I get a phone call four days later or three days later. No one knows about it. Me, Sally, and God. And the missionary we started to support. I get a phone call three days later talking about giving to missions. Couldn't afford it, but I did it by faith. Amen. And God supplied. They said, preacher, uh, what's your address? A gypsy did. Called. And I said, why do you want my address? Why? Uh, you know, it's unusual. And they start to laugh. What do you think? We're going to send uh, a cop to you? I said, I don't know, but why do you want my address? And, uh, and they laugh. Well, send us your address. Give us your address. And I gave them my address. Okay, what is it for? We're sending AT&T cable company to put you on cable. We went forward by faith to give. And we said, we'll neglect ourselves for the glory of the Lord. Then God blessed us with someone to call. to put. That's missions. That's giving. Amen. That's giving. The Great Commission is what it's all about. This is, this is what we do. This is why we have this once a year. Your pastor does. The Great Commission. We know what Matthew 28. Let's just go to Matthew 28, please. Go to Matthew 28. Please pray for me. Uh, I have a problem. I have a hole in my retina, and it's leaking, and it's hard for me to see, even with glasses. And my insurance has a high deductible. It's $4,700, my insurance. The doctor said we won't be able to do it right now because you've got to pay out of the pocket anywhere between eight to $9,000. And I said, whoa, there's no way I'm going to do that, I said. And I said, uh, he said, well, let's wait till next year, see what happens if your insurance will help you out or whatever the case is. So please pray. I do believe in miracles. And if God chooses not to miracle, uh, miracle I believe in God's grace. Amen. That'll have Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Let me just get there. Matthew chapter 28. 
I'm having a hard time. It's a little blurry, so just bear with me. Here's what the Bible says, uh, and then we'll pray, speaking of Jesus. And Jesus said, and spake unto them, saying, verses 18, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, and uh, teaching them, verse 20, uh, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Let's pray. Father, bless this time. Lord, help me uh, with your word tonight, Father. Father, you know the tiresome of the day, Father. I just pray, God, you give me a breath of fresh air, Father. Be with the pastor and the church family. Come to be a blessing, Father. Help us tonight to accomplish your will in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to take off my jacket because I'm sweating. It's too hot. These lights are too bright. It's like, it's like I'm under a, a, one of those things they put for prisoners, a light on them. And I've been in jail before, so I know. That's before I got saved. Before I got saved. All right. Great commission. We know it's great because God said it. Amen. It's a great commission. And I believe, Pastor, when he says, go ye into all the world, I, I, it's not just, it's the church. Lost people don't reach lost people. Amen? They just don't do it. It's, it's, it's the job of the ministry. It's the job of the church. It's given to us. And, uh, and he says, go into all the world. And I, I like when he says, all power is given to me. We got that power. We got that resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That we could do all things through Christ Jesus would strengthen us. Amen? We can have these meetings because of Christ Jesus who strengthened us. Amen? I'm going to give you three simple A, B, and C points. It's, it's great because the need is great. Turn on your TV, see what's going on. The need is great. Jesus is coming back. Amen? I know all you people have been saying that for 2,000 years. Well, I'm not 2,000 years old, of course. But they've been saying that since 2,000 years, the forefathers, amen? And we're even closer, brothers and sisters. We're closer than what they said. Paul says that the Lord is at hand, Paul says. So Jesus is occupied till I come. I think we're occupying till he comes, amen? And the word occupy, you know, um, I only have a sixth grade education, but I think occupy means be busy. Be busy, amen? And uh, the word go, is, it's not a noun, is it? It's a, what is it? Come on, someone help me. It's a verb. Even sixth grade education people know that. It's a verb. So you know what, church? We need to put the verb in action. Amen? It was because someone gave to that man right there. Someone gave to him in 1990 and said we want to be a part of your mission work. We want to reach gypsies for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need you to go. We need you to do it because kind reaches kind. Amen? This man came in our neck of the woods. Though I was saved, I was doctrinally all upside down. Nazarene, Pentecostal, I would say I was upside down. But God turned me right side up with his truth. Amen? Bible says, how shall they know? How shall they hear? The Bible says, not unless one is sent to the glory of God. Now, you know that African young black girl? She don't know what became out of me. 
She doesn't know. I can't wait to tell her. I can't wait to see her one day and go to her and say, hey, listen, you know that chick track? It paid off. It paid off. I want you to meet Tony. I want you to meet Mary. I want you to meet Yana. These are the people and on and on because you gave one guy a track, planted the seed. It takes one thing, people. Just one thing. It takes you to do it. Amen? It takes you to do it. It's, a, it's, a, it's an action word. He says to go, he says. The loss will not support missionary endeavors. Don't expect the lost people that's on their way to hell to support missionary endeavors. Don't expect lost people to give out of their pay. Don't expect lost people to give by faith. It's up to us. God called us to do it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, my first point, the love of Christ constrained us to go. The love of Christ constrained it. Interesting word, constrained. Uh, Paul says the love of Christ constrained me, Paul says. I, I looked up that word. I, I could be wrong, but my strongs could be wrong, but I don't think it's wrong. Paul says I'm incarcerated by the love of Christ. Do you know what makes us do what we do? Because it's not our love for him. Because if you want to be honest, our love fails for Jesus Christ. Come on. But his love never fails for us. Paul's saying, I can't get over the love of Jesus Christ. I can't get over what he did for me. I can't get over where he went to Calvary. I can't get over the punishment he took. It was his love for me makes me, Paul says, makes me do what I do. See, it's his love for me that makes me do what I do for his glory. Let's read some scriptures out of that. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, knowing therefore, this is, this is great people. I'm not saying about my message. I'm saying about the verse. Uh, I don't want you to think I'm arrogant, no. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. This is why. We know the terror of the Lord, what it's going to be like. Knowing, we read about it. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are not made manifest, we are made manifest unto God, and also trust are made manifest in your conscience. For we, uh, for we commend ourselves again unto you, but give uh, give your accusation to glory in our behalf that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. Paul says, for the love, in verse 14, for the love of Christ constraining us because we thus judge that one died and one died, then all, that one died for all. Amen? He constrains me. Paul says, I can't get out of this love. I don't want to get out of his love. I can't get out of his love. This is why you people come. What night is it, by the way? Friday. Friday. You could be home watching Fox News. Oh, no? How about CNN? How about TBN? No. <laughs> no. I'm kidding about that one. You know what CNN stands for? Communist Network, Communist Network News. It is. It is. But you came here. Why? Amen, brother. Say it again. Love, you're constrained by his love. 
and that you came. You're the faithful few. Hey, you know, by the way, God's turned the world upside down with 12 people. Amen. Amen. We got more than 12 people here, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay, here we go. He constrains me, Paul says, and that's why I do what I do. Back in 1991, 91, um, that man is the missionary. I'm on my way to become a missionary. I just didn't know it, but God knew it. Amen. And we were invited to a national Romanian who escaped under communism from Romania. And he was preaching. We took the gypsy mobile there. We had about, what, 15 people? Roma. And we went, and this man, he said, his name is Eugene. He said, Brother Walter, I want you and the church family to come to my house because I want you to see something. He put Brother Stevens and I on a love seat. It was a love seat, only for two people. That's what they call them, right, love seats? Unusual. <laughs> and he had the TV right in front of us. Uh, VHS, by the way. How many know what a VHS is? Oh, man, you gave away your age. And me and Brother Walter is watching this, and, we're there, and people are talking. And Eugene shushed everybody. He says he wants me and this man to watch it. We're watching it, and we looked at each other and said, Nairo, that's not gypsies, he said. But then he quieted everybody more, and there was an elderly Roma lady, heavyset. And she had a, a skartetka, that's an apron, and a babushka she had. And she had her hands on her stomach. Remember, it was today. And the village was all busted up the houses in the back. And she had her hands on her tummy, and she came, and here's the word she said. You gypsies in America that have, would you come to us in Romania and bring the word of God? Me and him looked at his son simultaneously, and he goes, we got to go. I remember it was like yesterday. He goes, we got to go. I said, yeah, when do we go? September, he goes. So that year of September, we went there. We're talking about the constraining love of God. Amen. We are second generation Roma in America. Is that true? Third. Well, my grandfather came. Okay. My grandfather's from Siberia. My mother's family are from an island called Thessaloniki, Greece, which is, was related to his late wife. And uh, so we never went back to Europe. Our family came and they didn't want to go back no more. They, 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 they blocked it out of their minds because of the communism, because of Germany. They just wanted to block it out of the, our elders. So we went back there. We were told not to go from our elders. They said, we're telling you not to go. But we were on a mission. We were on a mission. And we went to Romania, and the, the Romanian guy picked us up, and, and he took us to a town called Tinka, Romania. Was you there? Romania, and we went through, and, and then he put us in a town, in a, in a, in a part, in a, oh, I don't know what it was, still today, a building of some sort, uh, ex-communist compound, where there was a light bulb hanging down, and every time it rained, the light bulb electricity went off. It went off. I couldn't make the first floor from the second floor, because their floors are all different. 
And, he's, and, he, and we asked him, what, where should we go? He goes, gypsies. The gypsies all over. Go to the left, go right. There's gypsies all over. So you remember what he said that in his van? So Brother Walter and I got, we're talking, don't lose the point. We're talking about the constraining love of Christ. We're, you'll go places that you thought you'll never go for the love of Jesus Christ, his love. Amen. So Wal, Brother Walter, I got on a VHS. I got to find it. It's still on VHS. I got it on a VHS. I taped everything because I was his photographer. I did everything. All those pictures, his pictures, and most of them was by me. And I took those pictures. I take very good pictures, by the way. I know what missionaries want. So I asked him, which way do we go? Eugene never gave us a good insight. I said, which, we're in a town called Boyley Felix. Which way we go? He said, Lawrence, let's just pray. Remember? We're outside on the street. On the, there's a fence that's all cement. And we're setting down. He's setting down. I'm standing up. He said, we'll just pray. So we pray. He prayed. So Lord, send us where you want us to go to reach the Roma people. He said, Lawrence, let's go left. Me and him start to walk left. Cobble streets. You know those streets, how they wind up and down. As we're walking, we're meeting gypsy ladies by bus stops in their garb, their babushkas, their flower peasant-looking outfits. And we went and we led them to Jesus Christ. We led them to Jesus. Bible was just unfolding because of the straining love of Christ. Bible, And we led them to Jesus. And then guess what? As we're walking just to go find the village, we hear five minutes later, we're winding. They left their child with the other lady before the bus came. And they're out of breath. You remember the preacher? They're out of breath. Pralali, pralali, pralali. Brothers, brothers, brothers. We turned around. We asked them what they wanted. They said to us, the Jesus you just gave us, would you come to our village and tell them about Jesus? Do you remember that? I got Holy Ghost goosebumps, and I'm not Pentecostal anymore. They said, come to us. You know why we listen to the great command. He said, go. He said, go. He said, go. So now we went to that village. We found a village. A little boy named Mariano, seven years old, dirty blonde hair. You want to take soap and just wash him. His pants were like this, like it would flood. They were not his pants. They were this high. He had two different kind of uh, uh, flip-flops. He sees me and Brother Walter in the reflection in the mirror. He looks around. He comes to us. He wants money from me and Brother Walter. Brother Walter and I said, You shouldn't want money from gypsies. He goes, home, son. He's like this. He's looking at us. Home. He says, you're gypsies. How did you get here? In the gypsy language. How did you get here? Uh, Brother Stephen says, Boaviano. That's the plane, Aviano. He said, I'm going to make I get home. We never told him he's a missionary and I'm part of a church at his work. Never told him. Who do you think told him that? Was it be the Holy Spirit of God? He says, I'll take you to the people. Never said about church. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anytime. Never said about church. He took us by the hand. He's in the middle of us. And he walked. He walked. 
He walked with us all the way. In the middle of the village, you know what Dinka is, on gravel roads. I felt like the Pipe Piper. Remember the Pipe Piper with the mice in the village? And they hired a Pipe Piper to get all the mice. He piped the pipe and all the mice came out. I turned around. There was 10 people behind us. I turned around. There was 20 people behind us. I turned around. There was 30 people. And they didn't say nothing. Quiet as a mouse. And I told him, in the English language, you got to look behind us and see what's going on. And there was a mass of people walking behind us. That's God people doing that. And then when we get to that, where the church is at right now, it was a rickety, broken-down fence. And there were one little building. And he says, these are the people you are looking for. These are the Oma you're looking in the gypsy language. And, of course, you know the story from him. I'll save it. We heard it in our language. They wanted somebody to be preaching Jesus Christ to them. And, of course, we were the answer. You see, because it was churches that backed that man up. Said, we're going to... We're going to back you up. We want souls added to our account in heaven. Amen? And it was done. See, not only, not only Jesus says, it's great. He, he gives us an answer to go. And then we, we see the people crying for help, wanting people to come down. But you have to be sensitive, preacher, to the Holy Spirit of God, I believe. And then lastly, it's a great commission uh, lastly, I'm almost finished, folks. Oh, went over my time. I'm so sorry. Five minutes. You're okay. Amen. Friday night. I love it. Uh, someone, don't sleep on me. No, 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 no. But hell is real. Not only we see the Great Commission, the chief of commander says to go. There's people wanting Christ overseas, in seas, out of seas, here, every place. They want to know about Jesus. But there's people that are crying in hell today. One of them is the, I'm not sure of his name. He says uh, a rich man. That's all. Doesn't he, they didn't give his, God didn't give his name. Lazarus' name, the poor beggar he gave. And he's crying. What is he crying about? The Bible says what he's crying about. Send someone to my brothers. I have five of them. I don't want them to come to this awful place. You know the story. Afterwards, what Jesus says. Too late. But you know what? He's given a witness for 2,000 years. And that witness hasn't stopped. And it won't stop until the coming of Christ. You see, Paul says, the love of Christ constrained me. It constrains me to go. It constrains me to give. And it constrains me to gather. Everybody has a part in it. Who's born again has a part in it. The question is, what would you do? Each year, I increase my giving to missions. Each year. I increase. Oh, you say, Brother Evans, you're such a good Christian. It's just my reasonable service to do it. I don't get a pat on the back. I want to serve the Lord. And where, uh, where I can't go, 
I want to help that guy to get there and that gal to get there. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes are closed.